Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm Heather Caro. Hey, welcome everybody. I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. We're broadcasting today from the Abbey of the Hills. And Deacon, it's been a while since we've been together. Well, yeah, now you uh, have the opportunity to come up here today. I was tickled pink to see that you were coming. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's fall is definitely <laughs> settling in. But what a great fall it's been. Oh my, it was warm yesterday. Mm. Like, crazy warm. I love driving around and seeing all these fields, almost all these fields, just, they're just gleaned. There's just, it's just been, I've never... I don't know. In my 29 years, I've never experienced such a fall. <laughs> Actually, more like 60. But um, no, like 29 years a, of what? It's been a fabulous fall. It really, really has. Yeah, we've been blessed. Safety and good harvests for the most part, everyone out there. So praise God for that. Amen. Well, before we jump into our first interesting interview, do you want to start us with a prayer, I'd love Deacon? to. I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, our Father, uh, we praise you. We give you thanks for the opportunity to have Catholic content, Catholic radio through our, our airwaves. And we just bless everyone that's listening to this, this, um, this program this morning. There's people that are truly, truly, truly um, um, maybe at the end of the ropes. There are people that are they're searching for wisdom and truth. May we and may the Holy Spirit through us be that provider of that. And may your holy will be done. Everything that's said and how we receive it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we have an exciting show today. And Deacon, my computer's still not working. So you're just going to have to run the ship from here on out. <laughs> All right. We prayed, we prayed God's will for that computer. Well, did you so know... St. Isidore, there's two St. Isidores, one for the farmers, one is for technology. Way. So, St. Isidore, pray for us. <laughs> and, and blessed Carlos. I was talking yeah. about him a little bit last night. I couldn't remember him. And I gave the homily for our parish. And one of my blessed um, parishioners comes up to me, bless her heart. And she had her little <laughs> cell phone. She's going, you're talking about blessed Sir Carlos, right? Yeah. And, and she's showing me all this. I go, yeah, I should have invited you up to help me. <laughs> Next time. Well, let's jump right into our first guest. Another Paul, but it's Father Paul Rutten, is joining us. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Heather and Deacon. Thanks oh. for being on with us this morning. Yeah, yeah, this is, I think, the first time I've been on and not been a co-host. I know. It's yeah. kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's a whole different world. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father Paul, for everyone listening, where are you at right now? I'm in the basement of St. Mary's in Sioux Falls. <laughs> Because uh, I had to find a quiet place uh, to talk. Uh, so St. Mary's Parish, I'm the pastor here. I've been here now, finished my third year um, as their pastor. So well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, good to be here. Well, and I we actually wanted you on for the feast day of St. John Paul II, and then things didn't work out, and so then we're yeah. like, okay, well, All Souls Day will work. <laughs> 
He'll yeah. still be relevant then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's been kind of a crazy schedule. And so I'm like, yeah. well, Lord, I have to trust you're in charge of all these things. Right. Uh, you know, you plan them out a long ways out, and then life happens. Right. So. Yep. Yep. So, so let's wanted, let's set the table. Right. Yeah. Can we I set wanted, the table? I wanted to start uh, at the beginning. All right. Yeah. 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 Because I think an important part of this, and I don't know the story, folks, so it's being revealed to me as well. Oh, but exciting. set the table for me a little bit, Father Paul, with your vocation story that maybe is going to lead towards this sure, sure, sure. event. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've been a priest for twenty years, uh, which seems like a long, long time now. Uh, I grew up in, uh, as we always say, in the shadows of the spires of our cathedral in Sioux Falls, um, and went, was kind of normal kid, uh, went through life, uh, went through Catholic school, uh, but decided that I was going to be an engineer and went to South Dakota State. Uh, but there really just realized something was missing uh, and ended up uh, deciding to give seminary a chance, at least just to check it out. Uh, and before I knew it, I was uh, headlong into the into the life of a seminarian and just really uh, loved it uh, more than I thought I probably would. Uh, and I had the opportunity, uh, your bishop sort of tells you where you're going to study, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Bishop Carlson had had really enjoyed the program at the North American College in Rome, and so he was just sending everybody there. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I ended up going over there for school uh, to study, which was, you know, an amazing thing, and, and one of those things, you know, growing up, John Paul II was just the Pope. Everybody, it was, he was just always our Pope. He'd been Pope mm-hmm. forever. Uh, and so just to kind of have this reality, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm going to be neighbors to the Pope. <laughs> uh, it really was kind of a uh, an amazing thing in reality, just to, to be able to do that. And, and so we really, you really grow in an affection uh, for the Holy Father and just really all the stuff that he does. Uh, so for us how, in, in any ways. How new to the seminary were you when they sent you to Rome? So I'd studied for two years uh, here in the States, and then uh, then I went over. So oh, I was, wow. whatever, Young. 20, yeah, 24 uh, <laughs> when I went. And never really traveled, never really been anywhere. I mean, I can still remember I got dropped off in uh, Siena, uh, at the door of my Italian family, speaking no Italian, <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> ciao. <laughs> I mean, it was so surreal. Like, I'm like, here I am in the middle of a country. I don't speak the language. Uh, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and that was back in the day where you couldn't just call home. Uh, right, you right. Uh, so, and you couldn't so. Google, probably. What, uh, no, we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> you just didn't, you know, all of that. You know, you think about how we travel today. It's so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to really just trust uh, that God will provide. And he did. And it was a great experience. I mean, all of it was, was amazing. Um, yeah, so. He did and he does, yeah. Yes. Praise God for that. So what was your family's reaction when you said you wanted to go into seminary? I've met your mother, but I never met Fast he, Eddie, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, they weren't really surprised. Oh, <laughs> um, good. I, yeah, no, it didn't super surprise them. Um, I was... I mean, I, I was a pretty faithful kid. Um, I liked daily mass, um, so I would go to daily mass at O'Gorman all the time because um, I just couldn't understand why you would spend 25 minutes in a study hall sitting there when you could spend 25 minutes at, at mass. Wow. Like, it just never made sense to me. Um, so 
So, so did the Catholic faith always make sense to you growing up? <laughs> yeah, you know, really, for the most part, it, it just the there's enough logic in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the one of the documents John Paul II wrote was Faith and Reason, mm-hmm. uh, and so my my reason portion really was grateful for the church. It really is very consistent if we really have that solid foundation and you really look at things. Now, we may not consistently live it <laughs> uh, as Catholics, and we may not you know, always consistently present it. But when somebody really looks at the faith, it's very uh, consistent, and it actually is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Paul II really understood humanity at its best and at its worst. You know, I mean, he lived through communism. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so he understood what he was offering to people uh, anywhere. Like, wherever he went, he knew... If he brought Jesus Christ, whether it was, you know, communist Poland or America, you know, uh, we all need him. Uh, and, and we all need that. Whether we know it or not is always the question. Mm. But he just had a way, you know, about just inspiring people, uh, you know, as he said, to be not afraid. Like, yeah. there really is nothing to fear uh if we have Jesus Christ at the center of everything. And so John Paul is obviously pretty important in your call to the vocation or your step or your, your fearlessness, trust towards becoming a priest. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think part of it, again, as we, many people probably would say too, he was just as strong in his message when he was at his weakest. Mm-hmm. You know, and people would say he should retire and what is he doing and, and, you know, and he, and he was, you know, it was hard to watch him. Uh, but he just continued to persevere, and he continued to preach the message. Uh, and it really, you know, in a sense, again, continued to inspire people. Like, this is amazing. Like, this man gives himself every single day uh, for the sake of the gospel. Like, yeah. what do I have to complain about? <laughs> right. <laughs> so... The, when you got to meet uh, JP two, what's where was he at in his health wise? Like, what was he like? You know, he was really beginning to decline. Yeah. Uh, you know, so his speech was somewhat slurred. He was usually, you know, kind of more slumped over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, one of the things about going to school in Rome is you really do have the opportunity more often than you'd imagine, like to be with the Pope for something. You really? know, so. Um, whether it's uh, a papal audience or, or one of his masses, um, there were lots of opportunities. And so when Bishop Carlson would come over, there would be opportunities then, because he was a bishop, to be able to uh, interact or meet the Pope. Uh, so I've got a variety of photos, you know, with John Paul II, which is so surreal to think. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like here's a saint. Like, and yeah. we all knew it. I mean, like, everyone knew the man was a saint. But to, like, have these pictures, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this is... This was me, uh, so, and there's the Pope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so talk us through the first time you met him. What were what were your thoughts? What was the situation the first time? So the first time we met him was at one of his general audiences. So it's it's in the square of St. Peter's. It's thousands and thousands of people, uh, and then after it's done, certain people then get to to meet him at his chair. And so you go up to the chair, uh, and you get to either say something um, if you can model anything uh (laughs) you just sort of look at him like oh my gosh like this is unbelievable um and then usually a picture with him as well so we have uh, a photo with 
a group of the seminarians and the bishop, and uh, so it's a great it's a great photo uh, in many ways, um, you know. And so we met him also out at the, the he's got a summer they have a summer palace, Castle Gandolfa, and that's a smaller audience. So we saw him kind of from a distance a bit as well, but he spoke to the seminarians um, and just again encouraged us. You know, and it's just amazing. Like, here's the successor to Peter looking down on these young men saying, like, be not afraid, like, like you can do this. Uh, and it really is just an amazing reality. Like, this man just pours himself out for everyone that's in front of him. And when you talk about, um, you, you know, kind of being around him during his latter years, and we all remember those years, um, God, I, I just... I, 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 I can... I just connect so much with what you're saying about even though he had this infirmity and, and, and an amazing infirmity, his courage under that yeah. infirmity and his ability to still emanate this be not afraid strength. Yeah. Not the strength that comes from him, but comes from the gospel, comes from Christ right. himself. Be not yeah. afraid. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I love absolutely. that. I love that about him. Yeah. It no, was easy to see that when he was young. And I've got a picture of him in my office oh my where he's yeah. like, you know, what was he, 57, when he first was named Pope, and he's got this, you know, don't yeah. mess with me, me kind of look. <laughs> yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. But when he's, and, when he's at the tail end, man, yeah. and God and willing, know, almost, we're like, all going to be, yeah. go ahead. And, and for me, you know, I don't, I don't know that I ever really remember him quite like that vibrant. And so when I see these photos and these videos and he's skiing and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this is unbelievable, this man. Uh, just stepped onto the stage and and all the things that he did were just you just can't even believe it like it's it's just an amazing thing but all of it because he knew that this was what Christ was asking yeah yeah well folks if you're just tuning in we're talking with Father Paul Rutten uh, we're talking about his time when he got to hang out. He's gonna, he was just hanging out, hanging out, yeah. <laughs> hanging out with Pope St. John Paul II um, and his time in Rome. And then we have a fun story. So we have to take a break, Father Paul. Here comes okay. the tease. Here, Here comes, comes the tease. tease. So yeah. we have a really uh, unusual story that we, specific story, we wanted to hear from Father Paul Rutten about Pope John Paul and his Zacchetto. Yes. Zacchetto. So everybody rush back to your yes. handhelds and look up what that means. <laughs> What's if you can Zacchetto? spell it. If you can spell it. My so. wife made zucchini last night. It's, <laughs> right. not, it's not a vegetable. <laughs> I hope <Nope>. it's not. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a quick break when we come back. More with Father Paul Rutten and JP2 and his Zacchetto. So more t right after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. We can access Jesus' healing power through the sacrament of confession. But how can telling a priest my sins heal me? People pay good money to unburden themselves to psychotherapists because of a deep-seated human need to confess and be absolved. Through our contrition and confession to the Lord Jesus in the person of the priest, we accomplish the healthy task of accountability in an age of shirking of personal responsibility. But beyond the psychological benefits of admitting wrongdoing so that we can move on, our souls are literally wiped clean in this sacrament. 
we are given the grace and the strength to go out there and actually do better. A truly clean and peaceful spirit leads to a healthier body and mind. The sacrament of confession is a well of healing for your soul. Is it time for you to go to confession? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radio Land listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us. As we're in the car traveling, that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift He has given us through His Holy Family, which is the Church. Or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self, that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. And we're broadcasting this morning from the Abbey of the Hills in northern northeast South Dakota. Yeah, right. Snuggled Beautiful. up here in this corner of the state where... Uh, yeah, the sun is shining, and it's a gorgeous day out here today. But I hear more fall-like weather is mm. on its way. But well, before, we won't worry about that now. Yeah, super grateful. Super <laughs> so grateful. we're on the line with Father Paul Rutten from uh, the Sioux Falls area, and he's just sharing his time that he got to spend in Rome as a seminarian. And we had a little teaser um, about a zacchetto. So first, let's start, Father Paul. What is a zacchetto? So zacchetto is the little, kind of we would say a beanie or a, a yarmulke uh, in the Jewish world, uh, that a bishop wears. So they're different colors. You know, kind of a purple, you'll see Bishop DeGrood, uh, and then a cardinal will wear a red, uh, and then the pope wears a white one. So you'll see it on his head uh, wh- whenever he's out and about, you'll see them. Um, so that's what they wear. Um, you know, it's unclear exactly how it all came about, but we just know that at some point in the church, the, the bishops all started to wear them, and hmm. uh, and so they've worn them, you know, for hundreds of years uh, as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I've always wondered if they were if they picked it up from our Jewish traditions or our older brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then there's also the monastic world where they would do the tonsure, so they would cut the men's hair, uh, yeah. they would oh. shave that, and then they would, you know, almost keep their head warm. Uh, put it over their head. Uh, Had a practical, that, practical element. Part. Now, I, I've got the natural tonsure, so I could probably, uh, <laughs> you know, do it that way, too. Oh, um, so you're right. Yeah, so it's just become a custom for us to see. You know, and you'll see uh, bishops at Mass, as they're celebrating the Eucharist, they take it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll you'll see it happen. Yep. Um, yeah. And the the Pope also wears one, correct? Yep, he wears one, but again, we have all these color-coordinated things. So the Pope wears white, so he has a white zacchetto. So he's the only one that wears a white zacchetto. So there's there's only one person that needs one. Uh, and, and so there's only one place in the whole world that makes it. 
uh, it's one shop in Rome, and they make the Pope's Zucchetto. Um, so they they are the sole provider of these. Uh, and it's one. It's only one tailor in that shop, and his name yeah. is his name is Phil, isn't it? No, just kidding. I'm making that up. No. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. And I don't, like, I mean, I don't, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so everybody knows where the, where it's made. Uh, at, you know, so you could and you can buy them. They'll sell you a zucchetto. I mean, they'll sell you one if you want one. So people could theoretically buy one and say they got the Pope's zucchetto. Um, but what happens is what the tradition is is John Paul II. If you would buy him one, he would switch the one he had on his head with the new one, because oh. it was always the right size. I mean, it, so <laughs> they only made one size. Um, so <laughs> That was one of my it. questions. That <laughs> was one of my questions, because you know, I've got a really big pumpkin, and, and I'm yep. not sure if John Paul's would have fit me. I don't have to worry yep, about yep, it. Yep. Really. So there's just, there's just one size, one place, uh, and if you would get him one, he would just switch it. So if you could catch him like in, in his mobile going by, he'd stop. If you could get one out to him, he would do it. Wow. Um, what I had the privilege, though, is if you could coordinate it and if the stars aligned, you could actually go to one of his daily masses in his private chapel. Uh, and so that's about 20 people that mm-hmm. fit in this little chapel. Uh, and they call you the night before to let you know that you've got a ticket or a seat and you go to the, you know, the bronze doors of St. Peter's and you are ushered into this little chapel where the Pope is about to celebrate mass. Um and so I had I had a zucchetto uh, for for him, uh, and so I was able to actually be the deacon at his mass. Mm. Uh, so like here I am holding the chalice. I mean, you can imagine Deacon Paul, uh, I and I look over and I'm like, <gasps> it's like this is the Pope, uh, like right next to me. It was it was just so surreal. Um, but I had brought one, uh, and they switched it, and then I actually got a little card that actually says. This zucchetto was worn by John Paul II and given to Reverend Paul Rutten uh, on this date. So I actually have a card that authenticates that it really was one that he had worn at one time. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah Can you so imagine? I, well, yeah, That's so it was beautiful. really surreal. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like one day this is like, this will be a second class relic. <laughs> yeah. It's an overwhelming thing. I never got that close. I was I went with my bishop, John Lavore, at the time on the year that I got ordained ten years ago as a deacon. My wife and I we were part of a pilgrimage group that went over and um, and they said we were going to have an audience. So I was anticipating an audience like you're talking about in that yeah that twenty one people. Room. No, no, it was about <laughs> twenty thousand people. Yeah, um, but it's still we we were able to do mass down in the. In the lower um, chapels uh, underneath um, St. Peter's. Oh, yeah. And we went back, you know, because my bishop was wearing a zucchetto, a pink yep. one, right? And yep. he, he ushered us back into the, into the sacristy, and it was like a, like, just like a, just like everybody going, it was everywhere, because there were so many chapels downstairs. Yeah. So there was a lot of clergy. And he leaned over to me, and he goes, do you need to go to the restroom? And I go, yeah, you know, I kind of do. I kind of do. So I went downstairs, or I went in, into this little side thing, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I bet you the Pope has gone to the bathroom in here. And here I am. Yep, so that, yep. that's my story, Father Paul. Yeah. Well, and, then they, and then they gave me a card after I went. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding about yeah. that. <laughs> so you helped serve that Mass is what it sounds oh, like, right? Yeah, so I got to be the deacon at the Mass. You got to be um, the deacon. 
Yep. Oh yep. my god. Yeah. So it really was super surreal. I I mean it was like uh and then after the mass is done, you actually then come out and then the Pope is seated there and then you actually get to greet him. Uh and he gave me a rosary, um and then a little gift as well. Uh so it it really is I mean, it's an unbelievable experience. And then you can just say a few words I mean, it's just you don't even know what to say to the man. Yeah. Uh usually just thank you. Um, and I think again, like just the gratitude, like for the witness that he was for so many people. Uh, I think that's the best thing to say is is yeah. expressing gratitude. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, one question I have for you, uh, Father, is so I went to World Youth Day Denver, mm-hmm. and of course there was like millions of people at that mass, and we're in a huge field, and the mass was like four hours long. It was just <laughs> insane. Yeah. And how long was his daily masses? I've always been curious if all the Pope's masses are really long. <laughs> no, it was, it was actually short. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was just like, a, I mean, it really was literally like a daily mass. Okay. Uh, it was a very, you know, probably 35 minutes. All right. Um, I was wondering if and they maybe always... some of that, you know, was just his age as well, too. Uh, sure. But no, there wasn't all the pomp and circumstance. It was just really... Um, just basic. And what's really amazing is when you would come into the chapel, he would be kneeling there praying before Mass. Mm. Uh, and so then you just sit there and you're like, oh my gosh, Like here's the Pope praying. Uh, <laughs> like, how amazing is this? Yeah. Uh, and then they vest him, and then he gets up and celebrates Mass. And you're like, well, uh, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually got to go twice, once with my brother Joe, and then the time I was a deacon was with my cousins. They happened to be over as well. Well, let uh, me ask you this. When you served as a deacon with St. John Paul II, because it, it falls to the deacon to read the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Here you got a living saint next to you, and it, <laughs> fall, it fell to you, Father Paul, right? Yeah. yeah. So do you remember that gospel? I don't. I mean, I was just so like overwhelmed, like, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah, yeah, that uh, would be like, me. Like, it, it just, <laughs> yeah, you know, and you just, you can't even really wrap your mind around what you're yeah. doing. Because there's no yeah. time. I mean, like, this is the other thing. Like, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I really thought I was just going, and I would just be sitting there. Yeah. And so when I show up, and they're like, oh, you're a deacon. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll vest. Uh, and then, so I didn't. I really didn't think I would would do it. And time just ceases there, doesn't it? It's just yeah. time changes. It's just this weird. <laughs> and so I mean, I still. I mean, I will never forget holding the chalice and just kept looking over, and I'm like, it's John Paul II right next to me. Like, how crazy is this? Like, oh, oh my gosh, this, <laughs> this this kid from South Dakota. That's what I yeah. would say because I grew up in yeah. South Dakota. I'd say this. What are, what am I doing here? What am yeah, I so, doing? And know, I didn't and have I, that close of yeah. an experience, but it's still it's. Some and I used to think that all the time at seminary, you know, because some people will say like, "Oh, they always send the best of the best to Rome." Well, Carlson sent everyone, so there was no illusion of grandeur. It was like we're all just going. Um, and I can remember one day, like sitting at a table, and like literally the curriculum vitae of these men, like Harvard law grad top of his class, mm. you know, a molecular biologist with two doctorates, and I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> okay, you know, or they'd say, well, do you, do you read French? I'm like, nope, don't, oh, sorry, I don't have a book for you. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> like, <laughs> 
you know, and so I'm like, well, I got, I'm here. I like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and so it really was uh, a, a great opportunity to just trust that God's in charge. And so when my brother John thought was the founding pastor for John Paul II, he asked me for the Suketo, and I was like, it's on loan. I'm loaning it to you. <laughs> well, when Bishop DeGrood came, Bishop DeGrood knew the story, and Bishop DeGrood's like, well, I think Father Paul should give it to the parish. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think Father Paul should. Uh, <laughs> and so it was really, Bishop DeGrood was like, detachment, Father Paul. And I'm like, no, it's mine. No. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what, what happened in the end, I let go in, in a sense, and then Father Hagerty is now the pastor, and he also has one. So he oh. brought his own. So I got my I got mine back. Oh, uh, so mine's back on my shelf in my in my room uh, as well. So I did get it back. Um, I love and, it. and being willing to let go, the Lord gave it back to me. Uh, uh, so that's beautiful. Yeah, love it. yeah. Hmm. So it, well, it really is amazing. Yeah. Well, Father Paul, thank you for joining us today. I, I've really yeah, enjoyed hearing this story, and. Uh, getting to know a little bit of behind the scenes with the Pope. Yeah. And it is. It's, it's neat. But I think, if, if you'd allow me, the final message to, yeah. to have from John Paul is to, in these times, in these times of the church, it, his message is so true. Be not afraid. Be, afraid. Yeah. be not afraid. Go forth. Go forth. God's calling you to be a, a priest, a deacon. Start a radio program. <laughs> Just be not afraid, folks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we're just blessed. All oh, right. thanks, Father. Thanks Absolutely. for coming. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, have a great day. All right, you too. Thank yep. you, Father. Bye now. Bye. All right, amazing story. We're going to take a quick break, Deacon, and when we come back, uh, we've got someone from the Union Gospel Mission on. So stay with us, folks. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 